welcome to the Vocal Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Martin-Thomas. Join me and my guest speakers as we discuss their journey with their voice and how they use it to support their passions and professions in media, education and the performing arts. My guest this week is the amazing artist, DJ and singer Tallulah Goodtimes. Tallulah's debut album, Interstellar Swing, takes you through an energetic romp through the electro swing and the vintage remix universe. Tallulah Good Times is the purveyor of good times through spreading universal love, truth and collective good times. Taking up the decks at the tender age of 16, Tallulah has been on an interesting and creative journey towards the here and now. Three decades later, she has just released her first self-penned album of electro swing songs, which are a joy for your ears. I encourage you all to check out her album. It's on Spotify, but even better, please support her by downloading or buying an actual CD. I'll include some links in the show notes. Welcome, lovely Tallulah, good times to the Vocal Freedom Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with me. And you have just released your first album. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about your process and how that all came about. And my first question is, how would you describe your journey with your voice? (laughs) We're really diving straight in there, aren't we? We really are. It's lovely to be here. Thank you, Lee. Thanks for inviting me on. Um, Yeah, so my journey with my voice, well, it's been really interesting, actually. I've always loved singing from when I was really young, but I don't actually even remember who told me when I was young, oh, you know, you can't you can't really sing and you know you've got to you know oh the singers are proper singers like you know famous people and so kind of all through my adult life I always wanted to be a singer and I just that voice just sort of overtook my conscious if you like and so I just sort of put that on the back burner massively Um, and then Uh, I don't know whether it's just getting older and realizing, you know, what do I want my, what do I want to feel that I've done? And I realized that I really wanted to express myself with my voice. I really wanted to sing and I wanted to get over myself, I think, really, (laughs) and just have the confidence to sing and to realize that my voice is the only voice like this in the world and how best can I share that with the world, really? So it, this process has been ongoing, really, for the last few years of, of really sort of getting over my demons mm. um, and embracing the voice that I have. And really, I think what's been really important has been learning about how it works and understanding how to control it so that I can actually you know so that I can express myself with it um, and I think that's the story in, in brief yes <laughs> that's amazing so you mentioned just before we came on air that you've been DJing since you were 16 so how did you get into that and, and, and how has your your sort of musical journey taken you to where you are now with your songwriting yeah so um well I've, I mean I've loved music uh 
ever since I can remember, you know, I always used to sing along to tunes from when I was really small. And when I was 16, the rave scene was really kicking off, you know, loads of parties around the M25. And <laughs> and I sort of jumped into it wholeheartedly. I remember when I was about 13, just hearing this electronic music and just being, oh my God, what is, you know, this is amazing. This is not pop music this is sort of felt it just felt so full of energy and excitement that I was completely grabbed by it so what by the time I was 16 and I was allowed out then um <laughs> I kind of off I went to these raves and you know and and I was hanging out with some friends who had decks and you know we were we were after partying and the decks were there and the records were there and and one night I just said oh you know can I have a go and picked up these two records and put them on the decks and you know they sort of showed me how to use it and I did this mix and got the mix in and that and it was like oh my god like this is <laughs> just like I am in heaven that was amazing the feeling from getting these two tunes to mix was just immense and I think the next few mixes that I did were like pots and pans but it didn't matter because I had literally my my interest had been sparked and that was it I was just utterly hooked from that point that is amazing so the the that is I would don't know if you would describe I've never actually been to a rave I really probably should try one <laughs> but now's not the time in these covid times I'm sure they aren't going on but um, but I've always seen when I've seen them in films and on TV and things, I've always imagined it's quite a somatic experience because it just looks as if people spend hours in the same place, really tuning into the the sort of feel of the music, like you mm. mentioned, which is a bit different to sort of going to a concert and admiring an artist doing something. So mm. I can I can understand that must have been quite a powerful feeling to to fill a floor with the music and the mixes that you're delivering. And, and obviously over the years, you've, you've developed a big following, a following enough that you've been funded by a lot of them, haven't it? Is that, that, that's yeah. how your album came into fruition, yeah. Yeah. which I think is amazing. And it was a, you know, we, we were sort of worked together very briefly, didn't we, just before you went yeah. into the studio, which was a yeah. wonderful thing uh, to, to just help you with a couple of small things there. And I love this album. I, I love everything about it. I'm so, oh, I'm, <laughs> it's so energising, but also... There's something quite spiritual about your music. Is that would that be a good thing to Ooh, to have picked up on? Yeah, yeah, interesting that you have picked up on it. I think yeah, I mean it's it's always been music been very much a connectivity thing and and it's also your sort of imagining of the raves as well. Um I think that probably has really come through in the way that I approach my songwriting and music creation because it was I mean, basically, you know, it's sort of founded around loud sound systems yeah. and you're, you know, and you are, you are sort of enveloped by the music in that situation. And um, I think that that sort of those roots for me is pro probably, um, you know, they've always remained really, the influence of that has remained really strong in the way that I create. And certainly when we made the album, you know, I had very much envisaged that it would be this live show on a massive sound system and just be all enveloping both visually and from a you know from an audio perspective as well the connectivity I think is just something that is within the way that I create mm. I didn't sort of it was almost probably I think it was on a subconscious level but 
uh, it's really come through, I think, the feeling from partying and being sort of as one when you're communing on the dance floor. So I've experienced a lot of that over the years in my DJ sets. I think I think it is quite spiritual, actually. You know, it's very connecting. And I think it's also it's quite tribal mm. as well. Mm. Um, you know, it's about a culture and it's about people coming together to experience this this uh, music and joy together and also you know feeling the base of you know loud sound systems and stuff and I and I think actually that experience of when you're you know on both sides of performing and experience I think it is quite a spiritual thing so yeah yeah, not a conscious decision in the creation but I think probably something that has come about as a result of that spiritual connection along the years of, you know, sort of performing and, and being as as one with an audience and, you know, this kind of push-pull between audience and, and performer. Definitely, definitely comes across. Yeah. So I'd like to ask you if there's anything that you, there's bound to be lots, I'm sure, but anything you know now that you wish that you could go back and tell your young 16-year-old self? Oh, good question. Um, I think just just to be bold and to follow your fascination. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I did, but I also then went on and did A-levels and went to university. I studied, studied design management. Um, and I kind of felt like music was never the proper choice or there was no pressure from family or anything. This is just my own feelings on it. And I kind of wish that I had made that connection between something that I was good at, something that I loved, because I was really good at music when I was in school. Never took GCSE music. Don't know why. I would go back and, like, going earlier back, I would go back and say, just do your GCSE music (laughs) and, like, learn the language of music. Yeah, and I think just to, to trust in that joy, when you're experiencing something, it's okay to pursue it if it's not proper in inverted commas you know it's okay to go with that if it isn't academic if it's something that that you know that that doesn't feel you know it's not it's not sort of yeah like a a non-academic subject so I think that would be my main thing and to sort of you know I did pursue it but much more on the periphery until until I was in my 20s when I finally decided to yeah this is it give for everything me. else up and just say you know it is about the music the music is the thing so I'm gonna do it so you know I think I think um yeah to go back and just say just go fearlessly just just do it now because it's what you love and why not absolutely yeah I do yeah. work with a lot of younger people and I think it's a it's an age that's quite tricky to be as well when you're that age you you second guess whether it's a good idea whether you can see a career path and who knows when they're 16 anyway I mean it's or even 18 when you when you go off to uni how many people who get their degrees actually end up working in the field of their degree I'd love to know the answer to that yeah I would I don't know and there's this thing isn't there also that I think there is this thing when you're younger of of you know what is it that you want you have to make these choices Mm. when you're that age and I don't think you well I mean yeah I don't think you know no that, and you're sort of trying to second guess what your place in the world is and I think I, I sort of vague I don't know if I can remember but I'm sure I have thoughts about you know how might this tie into a, a job or work or you know and yeah. um yeah I think that there's quite a lot of 
pressure on knowing and I, I sort of feel I wish it was more like where's your fascination what do you want to pursue and that that would I wish that was the main thrust not are you scoring well in your maths test and you know yeah. oh, well done for getting be in your geography that kind of you know just where's where's your fascination um, and I yeah and lots I don't think many people find it in those formative years anyway I think lots of people no. find their passion or their vocation and their calling later on because you need a bit of life experience first don't you to sort of yeah. discover what it is that does light your uh light your fire sort of thing yeah definitely yeah have you experienced any what you might describe as light bulb moments? Well, I think there was definitely one in my 20s when I was living in London. Uh, me and a couple of friends had scored this amazing flat in Old Compton Street in Soho. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, we were like, yes, it's the 2000s, <laughs> you know, we're in our 20s. It's like, I think it was like 470 quid a month rent or something. And wow. it was this this flat this sort of old flat above this news agents and it was just it was just an amazing time and I was working in a design agency in Covent Garden so you know and it was it was a great agency to work for as well lovely people and I was also at the time spending quite a lot of time in music studios and going out and DJing a lot as well and I had started to DJ during the week a bit as well as at weekends and was going out clubbing and uh, my uh, my managing director was was just brilliant. And you know, there there were so many occasions when I'd rock into work having had really like two hours sleep max. Wow! And just be like sort of really. I remember one meeting in particular. I could hardly talk. I was so <laughs> tired. And he sort of carried the meeting. I was I was quite junior. Any you know, I wasn't in a senior position, but I can just remember there was a point, and I just thought actually, you know. I just can't keep doing this and it wasn't it wasn't actually them who said to me you know think it's time for you to go but I think I realized that it was time for me to go mm. um you know we were living in this flat our overheads were low no commitments and um so I decided to leave work and then um I got a job in black market mm. records which was in uh, in Soho at the time. Um, and then this teaching, this DJ teaching work started to come in. You know, I was, I'd never taught DJing before and people got in touch and said, you know, will you come and teach DJing? It was with a, a school called Point Blank Music, who is, you know, they're sort of an international, big international school now. And then I started to gig more international bookings started coming in I got an agent you know and it, it all just started to happen and and I think it was just it was just that moment of thinking I just you know I this actually this the situation couldn't be better than it is now living in central London all these connections like a 10 minute walk around the corner to this amazing record shop where everyone used to go I mean you know there was John Peel there was Nikki Black Market there was you know all of the, the Groove Armada you know I, I was in the merch department so they'd call through their their order of records for the week and I'd go wow. off and pick them off the shelves and so I mean it was just the coolest thing and it was the the, the conditions couldn't have been better for making that leap um, and, and yeah, I think that was probably one of one of uh, the sort of the major light bulb moments of just like, am I going to stay doing this and have the music as a side thing or am I going all in? And I was just like, no, that's it. That is it. I'm going all in. And from that point, 
you know, I've never really looked back and it's been full time music. You know, it's been diverse. There's been a mix of gigs and teaching and making music as well. Um, but yeah, it, it was that moment of right. OK, no, I'm all in. Yeah. I was going to swear then. Yes <laughs> or bust. You know, it was just like, let's just do this. Let's do it. And yeah, uh, yeah I think that that was probably my my most major so far, my most major light bulb moment. Yes. Re- yeah, it sounds like a real pivotal moment in your yeah. sort of career, because if you'd have sort of stayed at that point, you probably would have needed to focus more on that job and you may have not you know, ended up doing all the wonderful things that you've been doing. Yeah. So exciting. So what do you find now in sort of the most valuable in caring for your voice? Uh, well, sleep. Yes. <laughs> sleep, sleep, massive, really massive. Um, uh, staying fit as well. I think, you know, staying so that I'm sort of don't feel like so that I feel like I've got a reasonable lung capacity you know <laughs> yeah. I always feel much much better when I'm working out regularly but the big one the big one is sleep I used to smoke loads as well I gave up years ago but um you know yeah smoking no doubt smoking mm. was was you know I used to look at the uh, uh, you know any any sort of stars who were smoking like troopers and think oh how are you smoking and yeah. singing like, it's never been something that I've been able to do but yeah sleep the big one and also my kids now are 10 and 12 so I'm sort of out of the little child zone but while I've been going through this journey into um you know sort of bringing my voice out to the world and realizing my sort of potential really and dreams to be a, an artist and a singer um you know sort of by title um you know I've, I've had some times where I've been horrendously sleep deprived mm. both through work and through children keeping me awake at night and yeah. um you know and it's it's hard to you know, to, to keep your voice strong and vibrant, I think, when you're sleep deprived. So, yeah, that's kind of, that's my, my biggest thing. I think. That, I think you're absolutely right. And it is the biggest thing for so many. You can't, you've got to start from a position of being, you know, energised enough to do the task and it, everything doesn't work as well if you're battling to get that energy level up. So yeah. absolutely brilliant advice there. So your album that's just come out, when did it start and how, how did we get to where we are now? Yeah, so I think, I mean, you know, I mentioned earlier about, you know, sort of always wanting to uh, share my voice. And I think as the years have gone on, I love DJing. I, I find it so satisfying and the puzzle of music and mixing it all together so it sounds awesome is so, so satisfying and, um, you know, a real, real pleasure for me. But there has always been uh, this calling to create my own sounds and I have created a lot of music over the years never an album and I feel like it's always been this um you know I've tried stuff and I've sort of shared you know I've shared stuff on SoundCloud and I've put out bits here and there and you know back in the day did some white labels and you know all this kind of stuff but I I sort of felt like almost like I hadn't sort of nobody sort of noticed that I did this kind of thing and I feel like I wanted to show what I could do I wanted to share uh, you know the culmination really of all of these ideas that have been growing over the the course of my career really Mm -hmm. and bring it in the shape of an album so 
Yes, I think I just uh, wanted to kind of collate all of these ideas. And I feel having lived inside music, other people's music for so long, I just felt like I really wanted to explore my own interpretation mm. of music and um, having gigged in so many different places all across the world. I felt like I knew what made a great song. You know, I've seen songs which are amazing on the dance floor and I really felt like I wanted to explore that really and just see if, if I could recreate all this kind of knowledge that I've, well, that I've sort of learn over the years of DJing and pull it together in an artist album and to sort of share my own personal experience really of what I think uh, works in terms of a tune, a music, something to make you feel good, something to push you to the point of wanting to get up and dance, um, something that sounds amazing on a loud system, just pull, pull all that together. So it's something that's grown yeah. over, over um, you know, over the course of my career, really, but really strongly has sort of, um, it became a, I have to do this uh, probably about eight years ago. I was like, okay, I want to do this. Yes. <laughs> and then the, the, the gulf between wanting to do it <laughs> and then actually being in a position to do it and having all the knowledge and all the skills and all the tools that I want that, that I needed to create the, the sort of sound in my head um, yeah, is what sort of has happened really in the last eight years, really. Amazing. So if we've got a, 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 an up and coming artist listening to this podcast today who's thinking, that's what I want to do, what advice would you give them for where to start and how, how you manage to do it? In terms of the album? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think if you can get help and go on courses, for sure, do that. So I, I've, I've been on production courses songwriting course and obviously have listened to a lot of songs and so I think learning from others is a really really good way to begin your journey and then it's actually putting into practice the things which you're learning so it's not just listening like listening to loads of books or watching loads of things I think it's it's about the practice and I think it's about um finding your like what is it that you really love so I've done courses in all kinds of different areas and I think I've realized that there are areas that I really really love like I really enjoy songwriting like I've, I've discovered that that's a real fascination um, I am able to produce my ideas to the point of them sounding you know, pretty much how I want them to sound. But when it certainly when it comes to, you know, the the refining process to really bring that sparkle to the tunes, actually, I learned I really need to work with somebody else on yeah. that and to, to create, you know, for the collaborate, a collaborative process. Obviously, when it comes to voice, you know, I knew that I wanted to sing. I didn't have the confidence. So singing lessons coming, you know, I did the, the LMT singing. Yes. Yeah, course, we did. We, to yeah. learn, yeah, to learn, to learn how the voice actually works. Um, so I think it's, it's definitely about finding again, just learning and putting into practice the things that you're learning and taking a step like every single day, Yeah, <laughs> taking a step towards your, your goal. And, Probably the biggest thing I think is that 
but I think it must have been about eight years ago where I said I am going to write an album I am going to make a body of work and it was that commitment then yes and at that point I hadn't actually put a date on it it was only yeah. really in the last sort of two years that uh, maybe 18 months where I was like right yeah. date yeah this is the thing I could have gone on forever yes and lots of people do and that's one of the reasons I asked that question is because I'm I'm sure that there are other people that have an idea concept and they get stuck at that stage they don't know where to go next they don't know who to speak to how to get in touch with a producer and it's really great I think having that collaboration like you mentioned did that help your process as well were you sort of being inspired by working with someone that could help you produce the album Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I had sort of had to, you know, I'd been into other studios as well. Um, And I think what I learned along the way is that it's really important to kind of, um, you know, sort of have that, that vision at the beginning and to talk about that and to actually learn about the person that you're going to be working with in advance of actually working, because you can often find like I know, I've been into sessions. And if I look back now, I think, oh, God, what was I doing? You know, I just I just went. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about it. I certainly didn't have any songs written and I hadn't thought about the lyrics and how they were shaping. I hadn't really listened around to the songs to think about the sound that I wanted to create. I just went. And so it was quite an expensive way. Yeah. <laughs> and it was all part of the experimentation phase, I, I realise now, but it was quite it was quite an expensive way to um, you know, to sort of to learn a long way to learn everything. Um yeah. So awesome. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a bit about who do you find inspiring when it comes to voice, like whether it's an artist or an influence, but are there voices in this world that you could never tire of listening to? Oh, Ella Fitzgerald. I mean, you know, I I, I put her voice on and I'm just, you know, put her, listen to her singing and I'm just like, I'm in heaven, Mm, really. It's so... She's so musical and the way that she uses her voice to express Mm. herself and her spirit and the songs that she's singing as well. I mean, you know, you can you can listen to a song and you instantly know that it's Ella, don't you? Yes. And so I think she um, yeah, I mean, she really is. She's sort of my kind of absolute hero, I think, Um, just from so many, so many aspects and so sort of inspirational really in the way that she uses her voice so yeah she's I'd say she's my kind of my number one my number one voice really in the whole of life and the world (laughs) (laughs) and her name comes up frequently and I think for that reason when you're a singer and you you hear a singer that just has so much vocal freedom and even Mm. though you could say in some respects it's a very inconsistent voice because but it doesn't matter the colors that she shows and explores yeah it's seamless and inconsistent and beautiful and brilliant, isn't it? It's just all yeah. of those things. It encompasses Ella Fitzgerald is just an amazing, amazing artist. Yeah. Um, is there anyone in the sort of more, I suppose, in the last sort of 30, 40 years that's influenced oh, you yeah. through your, your songwriting journey and stuff? How would you yeah, describe yeah. your, your music? Yeah, how would you describe your yeah. album in, in its... Well, I, I describe it as an energetic romp through the electro swing and vintage remix universe. <laughs> I love that. Say that for me one more time. This is the an energetic romp through the electro swing and vintage remix universe. 
That is an incredible little tagline there for your album. And actually a very good one, because I would I would agree agree with you. You Yeah, I mean I, I think uh, a massive influence sort of in a more um, you know, sort of more recently has without a doubt been Cara Emerald. Yeah. I mean, she's you know, I just I love what I love about the project is that it's got such a style to mm. it, you know, and I've I went to see her. I think it must have been a couple of years ago now. And the whole show was so well conceived and from the visual to the musicians to her her voice, really. And, you know, what I love about her as well is that she's she's independent and, you know, and they set up this label and they did it all themselves. And I just, you know, that to me, she's really bossing it. Uh, you know, as a woman in music, she's like... You know, she's kind of really smashing it. She's definitely from sort of, you know, the the business perspective and also from as an artist as well. She's she's a big inspiration to me from, you know, sort of more modern times. Yeah, she's a fantastic artist. I saw her, um, actually, it was probably about five years ago, I think, when she had a concert at the O2 and um, just swept away with mm-hmm. everything that I witnessed that night. And and. Um, I didn't actually realise she was that independent, but go, girl. I mean, that's an amazing feat because to fill yeah. the O2 arena um, coming from a, an independent label is incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and they went, I think they went to number one in, uh, was it here? I think maybe they went to, anyway, they, they you know, they achieved a, a, a number one hit with their debut album. So, yeah. you know, a, a huge, huge um you know a credit to them really for for doing so well independently Absolutely. um but what I, I i liked i love when i'm watching people i mean i love the songs as and the performances and the music and the musicians but what i also love is i love expression in between the songs and i love it when an artist talks to the audience and you know and you get this you get pulled into the story and you know you kind of find out you feel like you find out yeah. something of them and she does that very well actually and, and interestingly an artist who I never would have said this before <laughs> about is Katie Ferry okay who I went to see at, um the O2 again that must I think that must have been about two years ago because my daughter absolutely loves her and she was just brilliant she was amazing I mean two hours of absolute full-on you know I mean the production was immense yeah. but also she had this this you know you felt like you were sitting next to her at a party chatting to her and yet we yeah in the o2 so you know you're sitting amongst twenty thousand people but yeah. this this idea of you know kind of crossing between the songs that that you created and then you know these moments either you know where the songs have been reconstructed from those that you're hearing on the radio and kind of put into a live context and then also into you know the the chatter and the mm. the the banter between the artist and the audience I find really fascinating and it's something that creating a show that I'm I'm you know really interested by is this you know this again it's that connection yes exposing yourself almost not just singing the songs but you know talking as well and and sharing something of yourself and and the, the whole experience yeah I think that reveal of the artist is um it's it's brilliant as as someone in the audience. Like I said, you you just feel you've got that a little bit more of that personal connection because you're mm-hmm. hearing what inspired that song or, or or what led to that that writing. And uh, yeah, it's it's a really intimate 
moment between the artist and the audience, isn't it? So yeah. what are you going to reveal in your uh, in your big show <laughs> about your music? I don't know. Yet. I don't know. It's really funny. I was, I was thinking about that the other day because obviously, you know, I would actually have created, had it not been a COVID year, I would have created the show mm. by now. The vision is there. I kind of visually, I know how I want it to look. What we haven't done yet, and which is obviously part of the process, having created the songs in the studio, it's very much a studio album. Now the next process is to pull them back apart again and put them back together for a live show, Mm. which will include some extended breaks, no doubt. And I like to create moments in my shows as well, you know, where you have this, you know, and it's that that tension release that you yes. have in tunes where you kind of got the build up and then it's, um, you know, sort of, you know, does literally is it releases again. Um, and um, yeah, I haven't yet that, that I keep, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm starting to dream about it. So I know it's time to yes. start. <laughs> <laughs> it starts consuming, consuming yeah. the thoughts. Amazing. So I've got a bit of a philosophical one now. I'd like to ask you, what does your voice mean to you? Oh, wow. Okay. What does my voice mean to me? I think my voice means expression to me. Mm. It's, it is, and that's probably something that everybody says, I'm sure, but like, but it really is. um, I realized that, you know, I think there are some times when, especially you know, my, my journey with my voice where I haven't wanted to share it, where I've been, I'm not good enough or, you know, um, I, you know, there are so many other people who are way better singers, all these, these things. I think realizing that the voice that I have is all I have and that I have to love and respect it in order to bring what I would like to share with the world, which is basically sort of positivity, really. Positivity and truth, I think, is what I like to share mm. uh, with the world. And I think it's it's realising its power. Whilst, you know, I'm not Aretha Franklin in delivery, actually my power is unique to me and, you know, who am I not to share it with the world, really? So, um, yeah, it, it's... Uh, my voice is, is my expression. My voice is, is important. Absolutely. Every voice matters. I'm really trying yeah. to bring that into the, the forefront with this podcast as well, yeah. because so many people do restrict themselves and, and lots of lots of artists that I've worked with over the years have that internal voice saying, oh, I'm not good enough. And mm-hmm. that it's that it's trying to sort of get out there as well is if we always compare ourselves to others we're never going to get anywhere. You've really got to embrace what you have and think about what your message is and what your purpose is. And, and that, that's really coming through. I'm so glad that you're, you've put it down in this album and you're getting it out there. And uh, what sort of response have you had so far from your fan base and things? It's been amazing. Yeah. It's been so good. And I, what I've been, I think I've just, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's that balance, I think, in creating it. It was like, you know, I have to create this for me and, and like I have to be happy with it. Um, you know, I don't, I, I sort of didn't create it necessarily with, you know, any kind of uh, massive plan in mind. In fact, my my main goal for this album was to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just want to get it done. I just want to do this now, album. Now, sure. now I've, you know, it was like I've been, I've spent so long sort of, you know, how do I choose the tunes? How do I, you know, how do I 
get my voice ready? How do I, you know, get the sound that I want? And so actually finishing it was was hugely important. What was the question again? Sorry, I've lost it. <laughs> now that you kind of answered, I've forgotten myself now. I'm just swept away with the excitement of, of the album. I was asking if your fan base oh, response. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. The, yeah, it's it's and it's been just brilliant. And what's been lovely has been, I think it's been as much about the collective experience of bringing it to life through a crowdfunding campaign through this year where there's been so much, you know, we can't get out and perform at the moment, you know, and it's so easy to get pulled down into this pit of despair about it. But there's been this collective excitement about bringing a creative work to the world. So that response has been amazing from everybody who helped to bring it um, to life but also then there's the response to oh wow you know people saying this is really good you know <laughs> and I'm just like I'm so delighted that what I kind of envisaged for an album and through all the hard work of me and everybody else who's been involved has created this piece of work that's brought about that response because you know it's kind of it's not created for you know uh, critical claim you know yeah but I, I feel as though I feel so happy that people are are really enjoying it and people whose whose opinion you know as as well within you know within my the scene within the electric mm. swing vintage remix scene whose pe- opinion I really value and, and heroes of mine you know sort of saying this is really amazing this is really good and oh. it's just like oh yeah so exciting it's so exciting you know, I'm really pleased yeah so, yeah so are you are you climbing charts at the moment? What's what's happening with that kind of side of things? I don't I've, I've, I don't know. I don't think so. I've made it onto a couple of Spotify playlists that I had wanted to make it onto. With this album, I haven't gunned for any charts. You know, it's, mm. I feel like that's like something for the next album. You know, this. Uh, you know, a kind of um, a future, a yeah. future goal. I feel like this one was very much saying. I'm here. And mm. it's interesting because um, somebody said, oh, I didn't even realise that you could sing. And and thereby highlighting this, this thought that I had had earlier on of saying, you know, if I create a body of work, then people know I'm here. Mm. You know, I'm sharing my voice. And without it, I was still doing all this. I was still doing it. I was creating, I was putting tunes out and I was singing on them and, you know, all the, but, but, but actually when you put an album out, it's, it's been interesting to know that, um, you know, that people are like, oh, wow, I didn't, didn't know it was you. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I guess yeah. if you've been a big on the DJ scene, yeah. perhaps mixes get missed or they think it's a mix rather than a, a new song. So it, it makes sense to, to have this lovely body of work that everyone can go, oh, wow, look, there you are. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And this switch from DJ to artist, really, or addition. Yeah. Of, of artist to DJ because you can always do it I mean obviously when we're at these COVID times you I can imagine that it'd be very easy for you to do your album and a DJ set or something you know yeah. so you can incorporate both things mm, um, yeah, definitely. bring the energy in all in all directions these photographs I've seen of your image in oh, yeah. you know the way that Tallulah Good Times has has a character almost in in the way that she dresses and and her styling. So Mm -hmm. it does seem very vintage influenced and that sort of modern styling as well. Is this a a fashion that you've always been into? How has that come about? 
Um, I think that's really been influenced by, you know, from from when I first discovered the scene of electro swing, really. Mm. I mean, uh, we we found it at Bestival. Uh, we found this this Spiegel tent and it had this Club Dada sign above it. And it was a rainy, cold, well, maybe it wasn't that cold, but it was very rainy <laughs> afternoon. And off we went in search of excitement in the festival. Kids were at home. It was our first festival without the kids being there happened upon this tent and went in and it you know it was wooden the spiegel tents are wooden floored and they've got mirrors all the way around the absolutely you know beautiful venues and in the middle of this you know this muddy festival and there were all these swing dancers just kind of going round and round this kind of balcony area and and just this amazing atmosphere everybody dressed up sort of you know flappery but mm. with bellies obviously on that occasion <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like I was just and 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 it was kind of it was the early days of the scene then I think it must have been about 2012 and it was when things were kind of just starting to explode certainly in the UK yeah I was just really really swept away with it I mean I used to when I was uh, a child we used to watch uh, Tom and Jerry cartoons I used to love all the all the music and I used to watch black and white movies and I was never really was never really sort of bothered about the content of the movies really it was the soundtracks these beautiful sort of sweeping strings and the brass and the the voice and it felt like the modern iteration of that in a rave context almost it was like all these kind of yeah things from life kind of coming together in this you know sort of melting pot and um that was when I was really you know it just all and everything kind of you know all these worlds collided I had been taking some time out because my kids were really young and I put together this this mix and from and came up with you know the, the name Tallulah Good Times and wanted it very much to have this vintage yet modern feel to reflect the visual styling to reflect the music and so I think it all came about really from you know from that was that was for me I think that was probably the genesis of of mm. Tallulah, the Tallulah project yeah you know? and I love I love sequins I love dressing up I like when I perform stepping into this character almost this this role you know it, it's sort of almost on the direct opposite side of my life as a mum at home you yes know? It's like it's kind of you know and it, and it feels getting dressed and doing my hair and putting sequins on is very much part of my getting ready to perform process yes so, yeah uh, getting into the mindset and you know kind of uh, the, the show is is very much part of, part of it so yeah that's kind of where it where it came from you're doing a great job with all this because it really does come across that you know Tallulah um because like I said I, I before we came on air I, I obviously know you by your other name <laughs> I don't know whether to mention it or not oh, I'm not gonna mention it um but it's the thing of um almost seeing your images as sort of an avatar that you're stepping into if you had to sum up the persona of Tallulah Good Times to anyone who hasn't engaged with your music yet what what would you say about her or you uh oh well Tallulah uh basically a party starter yes <laughs> a party starter um and a, a purveyor of good times is another another description really I think it's about um you know igniting a positive feeling in yeah. in and leading <laughs> a positive positive sort of motion whether it's you know kind of 
on connecting digitally as we're doing at the moment or in a in a real life show I think it's it's um it's sort of bringing about connection and bringing about happiness really through um music and uh, you know and collective good times it's a fantastic thing it's something we all need a bit more of isn't it in these times yeah, and yeah. <laughs> the way we the way that we can use music to uh, lift our spirits and that that comes through absolute in 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 oodles in your music which is brilliant yeah (laughs) so my last question is what is vocal freedom to you vocal freedom is I think unashamedly sharing your voice and knowing that your voice is uh, the only one like it in the world and uh, should be celebrated and shared widely yes fantastic Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. And I hope everybody goes to the links on this episode and downloads your album, supports you as an independent artist with a great message, a great, feel, a great feel-good album that will make you want to get up without a doubt. You can't sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Lee, as well. It's been really nice to chat about all the things that we've talked about. We've covered some ground. We, we have covered some ground. Thank you <laughs> so lovely. much. It's been really nice. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on the Vocal Freedom Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the episode and we'll move into your day with a bit more vocal freedom, feeling that you can express using your voice and let the world hear what you have to say. Visit colchestervoiceacademy.com forward slash podcast. Sign up to be kept informed as new episodes are published and consider joining our online community. Membership to this will allow you to post questions to our guests, link you to show notes, social media links, and entitle you to exclusive offers from our guests. See you next time.